This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is Dr. Zudi Jasser, and welcome back to Reform This on the Blaze Radio Network. And thank you for joining me week to week and for your loyalty as we continue to be one of the only places you can find an American Muslim taking on the challenges of the wide divides that exist between the Islamist consciousness that dominates our faith community and the West and the lands of freedom that at the tip of the iceberg is the radicalization, the terrorist groups, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and at the bottom, much larger enemy is theocratic mindset of political Islam that we see ranges from coast to coast among Muslim communities and globally. One of the things that was a little under the radar this week as the country prepares for a political convention season is... We saw the re- resurrection, if you will, of the Bin Laden name. And uh, one of the uh, Bin Laden's sons in his mid-20s uh, released a uh, 21-minute audio recording in which he went on and on using the same propaganda, talking about American infiltration, Western oppression and coloniz- colonialization into Yemen, Afghanistan. And he noted that the West will pay for Abbottabad which, as you know, is the, the place in Pakistan in which his father was uh, met uh, his uh, destiny uh, from a killing that uh, was part of uh, a act of the courageous SEAL Team 6. And now, over five years since that time, we find his son resurrecting the brand of jihad, which was Al-Qaeda. The question is, why is that? And uh, I think certainly what we see now is two major things happening. Number one, we see the brand of jihad is flourishing. And that, you know, I would tell you that folks like uh, uh, the Al-Qaeda natives, if you will, see ISIS growing and they have ISIS envy. So they want to jump on the jihadist bandwagon, resurrect the brand that they have, use the established street cred that uh, the Bin Laden name brought, and especially the family. It's sort of like their own little version of the barbaric militant Game of Thrones, if you will, for the Islamist radicals. In their ISIS envy, they they seek to uh, resurrect the movement of Al-Qaeda onto the backs, piggybacking off of the success of ISIS. Now, Al-Qaeda, as you recall, was a little more known for using hard targets, be it 9-11, airports, and uh, the USS Cole and others. And now I think ISIS has changed that ball game. I think the jihadists now just want to throw a match and see where it lights. They don't care how soft the target is. They just want to take credit for it. We've seen other jihadist groups like Al-Shabaab in Somalia and others begin to join 
the global jihadist movement and really all they want to do is disruption and whatever it takes disruption within the house of islam in the land or dar al-islam within iran and saudi arabia egypt syria as they try to uproot and destroy and hijack the arab awakening which was movements of normal uh, Arabs and others who wanted freedom away from the tyranny that was the cauldrons that was brewing radical Islam and now they find themselves caught between the two evils of secular fascism of these military dictatorships and now the resurgence and the filling into the vacuum of radical Islam so Al-Qaeda is seeing that they're going to lose out on the opportunity of the Arab awakening and Hamza bin Laden has step back into the field. Now, some have said that the jihadist field is not necessarily something that Hamza is leading, but he's being pushed by Wahhabi militants. Saudi Arabia, which birthed not only 15 of the 19 hijackers, but basically the entire Al-Qaeda movement, is continuing to have an increasing radicalization problem now. That's a bit of an oxymoron, if you ask me. The uh, entire legal system of Saudi Arabia is a radicalization brewery, if you will. And Al-Qaeda is simply the unleashed manifestations of their Sharia-based legal system in Saudi Arabia. They are the founding fathers of ISIS. They are the founding fathers of Hamas, of the Muslim Brotherhood, other Islamist movements in which theocratic mentality was, was spread globally through the teachings of Ibn Abdul Wahhab and especially through the 20th century spread of Petro-Islam that fueled many of the Islamist movements. Now the Saudis will tell you they're at at odds with the Muslim Brotherhood and at odds with Al-Qaeda, but the pool in which they swim and the trough from which they drink is the same one. So the Bin Laden brand is back and we'll see what, what comes of that, but The other issue I think that this brings to light is, thanks to the Obama administration, thanks to the weakness of Secretary Johnson's Homeland Security and other organizations of our government that are supposed to be keeping us safe, the jihadists really feel no bounds. They are not on retreat. They are on advance. We are on the defense. They are on the offense. The Muslims who would reform those ideas that would counter-radicalize are ignored and marginalized. The Muslims that would believe in their movements, even though they may be nonviolent, are front and center in providing advice on how to counter violent extremism when in fact they are the root cause of the Islamist problem. So I think in July 2016, the reason we see the resurgence of attempts at any types of brand of jihad, be it the old defeated bin Laden name, whatever it is, they're trying to throw it and wherever it sticks, the jihad barbarism will grow. ISIS is a bit on the retreat as our air operations have increased, but still nowhere near enough without any type of ground strategy. But Al-Qaeda is on the advance. You know, we talked about that. Uh, I'd be talking to you today about uh, the the national security of, of America and countering radical Islam. And we've talked before about what 
what importance names and calling the enemy what it is is in order to identify how to identify the the precursors of political Islam of Islamism. But I think it's also important to note that you know I said that today we'd be going from the um, courtroom to the newsroom, and we cannot overstate the importance of what this healthy debate in the media should be. And I think many of you follow who follow our work, not only mine at the American Islamic Forum for Democracy, but any other reformists, the feminists, the liberals, those on the Muslim reform movement that I've begun to start to tell you about. And in later episodes, I will bring on to talk with all of you about their work. But you don't hear their voices like you do the voices of the Islamists fueled by the petrodollars. Why? Because they are shut out. Because the Islamists, who are the apologists for political Islam, who deny the need for reform, they control and dominate through what I call the Islamist Mafia in America, what I call the OIC lobby, which is that voting bloc of 56 Muslim-majority countries in the UN that has a major lobby presence in Washington and controls a billions of dollars of propaganda industry that in the Middle East starts with Al Jazeera and every government media arm in Iran, such as Press TV, Egyptian TV, Syrian TV, are all part of the Islamist movements. Qatar is probably the, the primary central cancer cell. But in the United States, they place their interns, they place their ads, they place their lobbyists, their agents. Uh, many media, recently Washington Post had a, a report long about the millions of dollars invested by the Saudis with their lobbying arm from the right to the left, from Haley Barber to uh, the Clinton Foundation, all who take hundreds of thousands of millions in order to repackage the Saudi image. And again, what that does, what that buys, is the blockade of reform-minded Muslims. So if many of you would ask, where are the voices of moderate Muslims? Where are the voices of reform? We are, be we are being blocked by those who are fueled by Petro-Islam, who don't want to see Islam reform and modernize, but instead want to see this continued suffocation, even in America, of voices of reform against apostasy laws, against Sharia and government, against blasphemy laws, all the things necessary that are the underpinnings and the underbelly of political Islam are being blocked by the Islamist lobby. A good example is, as you know, we spoke a couple episodes ago about my testimony to the U.S. Senate for Senator Cruz and his subcommittee that uh, looks into homeland security operations and intelligence. And, and we talked about the need, the willful blindness and what it's doing to hamper to hamper our success in keeping this country safe by not calling the enemy radical Islam. And sure enough, The Hill, which is supposed to be a reputable blog, publication, media arm of Congress to keep the, the, the check on the halls of Congress, publishes a screed this week from a... Um, a college writer by the name of Sumeya Masoom, and it's called The Fallacy of Ted Cruz's Screaming Siren. And she goes on to cite how, by calling it radical Islam, 
She cites a study from where? Her MuslimGirl.com website that says that the acts of Islamophobia increase over the last six months as a result of the politics of the political season. And she blames it on identifying it as radical Islam. Cause and effect is, forget the academics of it, forget the fact that anywhere in the piece does she identify any of the substance of our testimony, which she, which she criticizes that was a part of Ted Cruz's screaming siren. Now again, these propagandists you can find millions of across the Middle East, and many of them have come here to exploit our media to do that. But the, the interesting thing is that this is not a Mother Jones or some far-left blog that will do anything to get at conservative senators like Ted Cruz. This is supposedly the mainstream center publication of The Hill. So there's a lot to learn by seeing the 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 other utter drivel that's being published and used to criticize real conversations on the Hill that we had, where at the end of my testimony, Senator Blumenthal, Democrat from Massachusetts, reaches out to me and says, thank you for your testimony, that the bipartisan testimony that I gave that the Muslim Reform Movement includes Democrats, liberals, conservatives, Republicans of all stripes demonstrates a diversity that should be the template, that what we share is a mission to counter political Islam, be it left or right, and that we come together to defend liberty, and that the root cause and the precursors of the radicals of San Bernardino, of Chattanooga, of Boston, of Fort Hood, those precursors could have been seen if we united in a bipartisan way to identify what is and what is not radical Islam. But she ignored it, the Hill ignored it, and unfortunately in bipartisan fashion is typical, in, in partisan fashion and not in bipartisan fashion what we should be doing, ignored the substance of our hearings. There is a deep problem in the media. And this media has a center of gravity not on trying to find areas that we share for issues that we should unite behind for national security, but rather everything revolves around grievance narratives, around minority identity politics, around left versus right, period, full stop. It doesn't matter the substance that we may agree on. So no, the conversation Senator Blumenthal and I had, which was an example of conservative and liberals agreeing, was ignored. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about the media and something we're doing now at the American Islamic Forum for Democracy to begin to take on the mainstream media head on. Stay with me. You're listening to Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser. The Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com.